Hey, welcome to the Jennifer O'Brien Show. I'm your host, Jennifer O'Brien. I'm super excited. With me today, I have Pastor Arthur Palowski, and um, we're going to sit down and just chat, and um, I just would love to hear what's on his heart. I know he's been all over the news lately, um, even down here in the United States, um, and I've been closely watching you guys up in Canada, and um really just seeing what's going on and very concerned for Canada, by the way, uh, but also concerned for our country and just not our country. I think this is a global evil that we are up against. And I believe you're on the front line. And um, I'd love for you to just start sharing your story. And um, yeah, just let's jump right in. And um, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. And hello. <laughs> so it looks like we're frozen. Let's see if we can um, come back from that. Oh, there you are. Okay. It was frozen for a second. So, okay. Well, rightfully so. You should be concerned about what's happening across the border. Uh, because like quite often I am referring to Canada as China that we are truly living behind the Iron Curtain. And as you can tell by my accent, I grew up under the boots of the Soviets. I grew up uh, behind the Iron Curtain and I have seen firsthand the atrocities of communism and socialism. And of course, being a Polish emigrant, when I was growing up as a kid, I heard the stories of Nazism and fascism and the Germans attacking, pillaging, murdering. Uh, by the way, in my city, when I was growing up, there was a concentration camp. And as kids, we were playing uh, in the bunkers um, of, of the Nazis and in uh, places where where they were doing all those horrible things to other human beings. So as a Polish yeah. element, I I have seen Mm -hmm. And I've heard from my grandparents and my grandma was in Auschwitz-Birkenau. Of course, I visited a number of concentration camps uh, throughout my life. Uh, sometimes I would take Americans and Canadians uh, mm -hmm. from here to Poland to show them, to show them what a man is capable of doing if you don't put a check on that man's power so you should be greatly concerned yeah. about what's happening in canada because we used to be your greatest ally mm -hmm. now i think we have become one of your great greatest um, enemies i mean you should be concerned and scared because um canadian government went rogue uh, we have become a totalitarian police state with the dictators ruling over us. Um, there is nothing democratic about our democratic country right now. Um, the elections are stolen from us. Uh, people that are the least popular uh, are winning elections, which is, of course, unbelievable. Mainstream media, we do not have any media outside. Mm -hmm. Um, outside, of course, a, a private, uh, some, there are private outlets. Mainstream media has been bought. Uh, the, the totalitarian regime of Justin Trudeau uh, gave $4 billion um, to the media to lie about what's going on. Uh, so, and that's exactly what they do. I don't know if you heard uh, Justin Trudeau was in Europe and he was booed and there were a number yeah. of politicians that said he's a dictator, a disgrace. Mm -hmm. and hundreds of a member of members of parliament, uh, European parliament uh, stood up and walked out of his speech. And you know what the mainstream media in Canada said? That he received a standing ovation. So that's, oh, yeah. It's... That's the level of, uh, of manipulation, misinformation, a lie yeah. coming from the main mainstream media. Well, I, I think, I, I, just to interrupt quickly, I think the reason I was so drawn to what was happening in Canada with the truckers and with your speech and, and what was going on with you guys, I feel like we're going through very similar things down here in the United States. You um, had give, given a speech about, you think we elected these officials? No, they're appointed. And I we just went through an election last uh, a couple of years ago in 2020, I, I there's a vast majority of people that that believe that election was rigged and stolen 
and rightly so. And, and as more information continues to come out, you can connect the dots that you have someone like Biden who was not very popular. I mean, they, they kept the guy on lockdown during COVID. He never came out. And then you had someone like Trump. Now, granted, a lot of people didn't like Trump, but that was done. Um, you know, he, he is who he is. But yeah. we believe the same thing, that our elections are now compromised. For how long they've been compromised, that's up for debate. But when I see what you guys are going through, we are going through very similar things here. The media is lying. It's fake news. It's so hard to get the truth. You have to go digging. You have to ask the right questions. And my big concern is seeing what's going on with you guys thinking, we're right behind, you know, and, and what happened with the with people funding the truckers up in Canada, them going and ceasing bank accounts. I mean, this is real, but I believe it, it's also affecting us. So as someone, I, that's why I'm really drawn to your story. You grew up in this. Um, you mentioned and I've, I've listened to some of your your speeches about your wife. Um, can you share a little bit about your wife? Was she not born and in, and in, in jail and and also her the stuff that the persecution your family has been under is is incredible yes um, i grew up in 70s and 80s in poland so if you know anything about the history solidarity movement popped up uh, at that time with leg bawensa uh, people in the early 80s took to the streets and and simply they said we are not going to work for you tyrants anymore we're not your slaves you're not our masters we're free people we want to be free people you have enslaved us after the second war when the russians uh, occupied poland since 19 45 to 1989 uh, Poland was not a free country while the Europe was celebrating the victory over the fascism over Hitler Polish people were crying because we were taken over by communism which is as evil and sick mm -hmm. um, as fascism so I grew up in environment like uh, environment like this I've seen the abuse of power I've seen the uniform police officers being the muscle for the biggest mafia, uh, the, the so-called politicians. Uh, my wife, my wife as a kid, she was smuggling uh, pamphlets for Solidarity Movement. And her mom, before that, she forged documents and she tried to escape communism. So, you know, forging documents for a law-abiding citizen sounds horrible, right? Smuggling stuff sounds horrible but when you're growing up in a totalitarian regime you just want to escape mm -hmm. the atrocities of that oppressive government so her mom uh, forged documents and she tried to cross the border and she was caught so she ended up in prison and she was pregnant and that's where my wife was born she was born in a soviet run prison uh, because her mom uh, tried to escape communism so fast forward we're growing up my wife mm -hmm. you know in her place and i grew up in uh, closer to the german border and uh, and then my parents decided okay enough is enough we want a better life for our children so they took me and my younger brother david and we literally escaped on a boat to istanbul turkey and then from turkey to greece and then we were living there for a number of years until Canadian um, government opened its borders for us. We had a number of nations that we could escape to, including America, but we've chosen Canada. Canada was always perceived as a very peaceful nation, as a, as, as a free nation, a nation that is kind of like a mix together. No one will persecute you for your fate here. And, and that's what we wanted. We just wanted to be left alone. Uh, we are hardworking immigrants. Uh, we established a number of businesses in Greece. And I remember when we were in embassy, the officer said to us, you know what, sell everything you have and, and bring your money to Canada and um, you can start all over, build your, build your uh, you know, life. And mm -hmm. that was the dream. I mean, that's, I think that's the dream for everyone that escapes those types of totalitarian regimes you want to start all over and you want to work hard and give something good to the next generation to your children and that was my dream i wanted to build a house and have children and give something good something that i didn't have to them freedom to start right. 
and right. be able to work hard and 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 achieve something good and then buy buy a house and and you know a car i mean something that it was very difficult for us to achieve under the totalitarian regime because you know communism socialism fascism steals everything from you 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million poles uh, 50,000 masters and the rest were slaves so fast forward uh, we started our business back in canada it was quite successful and mm. uh, i thought i'm truly living in a free and democratic society but i decided to share my wealth i decided to help the poor so i started to go to the streets and i started to feed the homeless people 2005 the government came to me and said that giving free goods and services is actually punishable by law and it's illegal i was shocked because i read the constitution I've read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and it states that there are certain parts of that which are called fundamental freedoms. I mean, mm -hmm. shakeable, if you will. And a preamble to our constitution, to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, states, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law. And I look at those officers and I said, you're out of your mind. So you're telling right. me, if I give a sandwich to a dying kid on the street, I'm breaking the law? Yes. Then they charged me with um, distribute, distribution of printed material. So gospel tracts, Bibles. My Bibles were confiscated by the police. I mean, crazy stuff. Um, wow. There's so many things that I can talk about. But just in uh, to give you in the perspective, 16 arrests so far, over 100 court cases, all related to either my sermons or me feeding the poor. I have never been arrested for any other crime than yeah. being a pastor and doing what the Bible is telling me uh, to do. So wow. 340 citations. I, I don't know if people can comprehend what I'm saying. Hundreds of tickets I received all related to the ministry of saving lives. So and go ahead. Uh, one more thing. We are self-funded. Government mm -hmm. gives us zero. Oh, I, I, yes, I saw that. I saw that. So they, they, they've shut that down. So you are not even operating under what most churches operate under where you, so, so the government, like, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that works with, with you all as far as taxes are concerned, but I did, I did notice that as I was researching your church. So I just, my question is, are, is this just you or are there other pastors that are undergoing this kind of persecution? Anyone that dares to stand up to them. I mean, if you're kind of flying under the radar, most likely you will be left alone. And mm -hmm. we were left alone for three years of the ministry. So the first three years, no one cared. Police was coming. We were in a public uh, space, so we would see police from time to time. No one would say a word. Actually, quite often police would thank us for what we are doing because mm -hmm. we would be we would be uh, changing uh, the neighborhoods of, um, you know, like uh, uh, ghettos um, where there are drug uh, trafficking businesses, prostitutes, uh, you know, etc. So the police would come and thank us for our service and we would feed those people. And when we were there, there was a lot less crime, we were told by the police. However, we became very successful and mm -hmm very visible. The uh, mainstream media started to write articles about us. So they were fe featuring us in, in their news reports. So the politicians stepped in. You see, uh, now I know what I didn't know at that time. Anyone that works outside of the beast system, if you will, outside mm -hmm. of their box. So if you're not part of the government business called homelessness, which the government designates in a province of Alberta, designates $230 million every single year. So it's a big fat business. Uh, the shelters mm -hmm. are run per head. What that means is the more cattle, the more heads, the more money that the shelters are receiving. So it's a very huge business. I remember when I started to ask questions, where is the money? 
where is the money going to to whom is the money going to and they quickly started to to harass me and to harm me hammer me uh, you know when you look at the problem of homelessness and when you're asking uh, the right questions hundreds of millions of dollars every single year i would like to see the receipts i would like to see where the money is going to because obviously it's not going to the homeless why mm-hmm. I, I know that because i work with the homeless and i hear their stories um wow. so Anyway, we have become an enemy of the state, uh, if you will. Also, we were so successful that within the first three months of establishing street church ministry, we took 600 people off the streets. Most of the street people are drug addicts. When you multiply Mm -hmm. their addiction, usually it takes about $100 a day, you know, average on drugs per homeless person. We're talking about millions of dollars that someone was losing every single month. And we have this famous saying in Poland, when uh, if you don't know what the whole thing is all about, it's always about money. So follow the money <laughs> and then you will know what's really going on. And I think that's exactly what happened. We have become too successful. The shelters were uh, losing clients and therefore they were losing money from the government because they're being wow. paid for head. Um Believe it or not, the shelters with the city of Calgary took us to court. So that tells you everything. Shelters are supported by the government. We were never supported and we are still not supported by the government. And the shelters were so upset that we are interfering with their business by removing homeless people off the streets that they took us to to court. So don't kid yourself. Shelters and uh, uh, organizations that are working with the homeless. Uh, they don't have um, anything good in mind. It's just a big, big, uh, fat business. So the government, 2008, sent me a letter and they took our charitable tax status. And here is the most bizarre thing, part, you know, part of the story. They decided that because I speak negatively about abortion, I speak negatively about homosexuality. I speak negatively uh, about divorce. Therefore, that's considered political. And in Canada, you're not allowed to be political if you're a pastor. So that's how they span the story. You're political because you're talking about divorce. You're talking about abortion. You're talking about homosexuality. Therefore, you're not eligible to have a charitable status. What they were trying to do they tried to destroy me financially um, Mm -hmm. because, um, of course, we were not receiving any funds from the government. Uh, Everything we were doing was private donations, just like we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So therefore, they wanted to hurt us by stopping people from giving to us because we were not allowed to give them a tax receipt. Fast forward, 10 years, I fought with them, 100 court cases, and I won. I won in court. I lost millions of dollars. Uh, They almost bankrupted me. Uh, My house was, uh, uh, I was told that it's going to be going on foreclosure. I was not able to pay uh, the property taxes. Uh, They almost finished me off uh, Mm -hmm. completely. I had to sell properties uh, that I used to uh, buy when I was in the business realm. Uh, So it was brutal. It was unbelievable. But I, I won. And they let me be for a few years. And then the COVID came. And I think COVID, uh, COVID did few things. It showed us how far we have fallen from the republic and how far we have fallen from democracy. It showed us that the government is extremely corrupted, that the government officials are not anymore representing people. They are bullies, they're tyrants, and it's all about them. They are there for their own purposes. It has nothing to do with safety. It has nothing to do with protecting our rights. Uh, there are little tyrants that are stealing left and right for their own benefits. COVID era showed us that um, that it's all about tyranny. It's all about control. Mm-hmm. Um, those yeah. laws that were uh, laws in quote that were implemented uh, had nothing to do, uh, you know, with keeping our loved ones safe. Right. Um, of course, the the data, the statistics, for example, they were telling me I have to shut down the church. Uh, why? Because we're in the middle of the greatest pandemic and people are dying left and right, and the hospital might be overwhelmed and could be overwhelmed. You know, they are using the words "might be," "could be." Uh, mm-hmm. it happened right so we right. did so 
our own investigation and behold, we found out that in 2020, when this craziness was at its height, mm-hmm. um, we had the lowest uh, ICU admissions since 2015. And then, of course, the mainstream media would say that the ICUs are uh, filled to capacity. My mm-hmm. mom was during that time in ICU and she said she was the only one in the entire floor. Uh, so she would send me uh, pictures and videos. Then um, I look for the data. And, and this is a, a public uh, stuff. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. making stuff up. You can actually find this information. Um, I find out that... Um, hospitalization was at its record low since 2018. So I started asking questions. Um, We are in the middle of the greatest pandemic and people are dying left and right. How come the data is uh, telling us a different story? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boom, the hammer came heavy. Um, The officers came. I became the first Canadian to get a COVID ticket. Uh, why? Uh, because I have a soup kitchen. I'm feeding thousands of people every week on the streets of Calgary, and I kept feeding them. They told mm-hmm. me my permit is revoked. I am not allowed to feed the poor. And I appealed it to the mayor, then I appealed it to the ministers and the premier. And I said, if we're truly in the middle of pandemic, let's say we are, then our services are needed more than ever. Because if you're shutting down the shelters, you were talking about 15,000 homeless people roaming the streets of Calgary. They're going Mm -hmm. to get necessities of life uh, this way or that way. If they're not going to get it from me and people like me, they're going to whack your mother's head. They're going to break into your home. They're going to get get it uh, by break-ins, garages, uh, cars. And and I was right because later on, uh, the media were writing stories that the crime has increased like twice mm-hmm. tripled you know of course those people will need to survive somehow you know humans i mean and including me if i was placed in a situation that i was starving or my kids were starving to death yeah i, I would rob probably i would i would steal i sure. mean there is nothing else to do to survive what do you do you right. die no, you try to survive and, and it's just so i'm not blaming even those people for trying to just survive sure. another day So shelters were shut down. The soup kitchens were shut down. I refused to shut down. uh, So I became an enemy of the state again. Then they started to send police officers. I mean, just just listen to this. The government of Canada declared that they're canceling Christmas because if you have anyone in your house during Christmas season, if you have a brother for coffee or you visit your mom, you're going to die. We're in the middle of the greatest pandemic. (laughs) And, And if they catch you having a brother for coffee you will be immediately arrested so i just said enough um see that's that's a whole nother level that's a whole nother level that's the government the government declared that they're canceling christmas and they're Mm -hmm. going to be sending police officers monitoring neighborhoods if your driveway has more cars than than normal. And I said, enough is enough. I went on television and I said, listen, people, you devils. I'm inviting people to the biggest Christmas celebration in the country. So mm-hmm. I put um, a big uh, barbecue celebration, Christmas carols, gifts for the homeless. And I had lots of people showing up. However, I also had my record. Previously, I had my record of police officers attending my church services was 33 officers and I think 11 uh, police cars. This time for Christmas, I had over 100 police officers, SWAT team, chief of police, and 52 police cars. Can you imagine what I'm even saying? Insanity at the highest level. And I end up with 15 COVID tickets for my crime of doing a Christmas festival. Then they started to come to our church and and they, they would block our driveway. Uh, they would uh, take a telescopic cameras, take pictures of our women and of our children. I mean, just like the Nazis. And people ask me, you know, um, you're overboard. You're calling them Gestapo. You're calling them Nazi. You're calling them, you know, co- you know psychopaths and, and KGB. I said, well, I am because their tactics are uh, very similar to the mm-hmm. tactics. I have seen growing up behind the Iron Curtain and the tactics that I've learned from the older generation when the Gestapo was roaming uh, my my nation uh, with the Nazis. So um, I said to the authorities, stop acting like a Nazi and I will stop calling you Nazi. 
Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we know what happened after uh, the the video that was uh, viewed by over a billion people. It was the most viewed video last year uh, during that weekend, the Passover, the Easter mm-hmm. weekend, when um, they broke the law. They broke Criminal Code of Canada, Section 176, that prohibits them from doing what they did. They broke three laws, and they could face up to two years prison for that. But you see, it's lawlessness right now. They Mm -hmm. don't care about the law. They tell me I'm a lawbreaker while they are breaking the law. It's like the Nazis when they declared that the Jewish people were lesser than animals and you can hunt them down and and murder them and rob them and take their businesses. And that was the law. That was the official law. And, you know, some people did follow that law. Some people called authorities on the Jewish people when they were hiding here and there. And off they went to the Auschwitz-Birkenau's of that time. So we have to understand that just because they say it's a law, that doesn't mean it's actual law. Um, It's just a made-up stuff by the tyrants. And that's exactly what we're witnessing right now in our democratic countries. So fast forward, I kicked them out. Mm -hmm. They eventually left. They came back with a vengeance a few weeks later, and then they showed up with a SWAT team. Can you imagine? They came with a SWAT team to a church. I wow. came out again. They they brought a, a court document. They have found few crooked judges that give them the power to enter the church anytime they want and arrest me using any force deemed necessary. There was a judge, uh, David um, Gates, and I don't know if he's related to your devil, uh, Gates. <laughs> Bill. He's Bill's brother. No, I don't know who he is. It could, could be some kind of a family. But David Gates yeah. of Calgary has given them the power uh, to enter the church and, and make, you know, havoc um, and do whatever they want. Then they came back with another crooked, crooked order from a judge. Uh, his name is Rook. And this guy went completely overboard because... He has given them power to arrest children, women, men, elderly, anywhere within the province of Alberta. So what he did, he enslaved four and a half million Albertans, free people. And he said, if they break any of those mandates and restrictions, you can arrest them all. So the police showed up. They entered the church. Um, of course, there was hundreds of people, uh, only a, a standing room. So they withdraw themselves and they waited for me. Hmm. We waited for the people to go home. We were driving home, me, my brother, David, and another friend of ours. And then we were arrested in the middle of the highway by a SWAT team. Uh, Extremely uh, dangerous takedown. Mm -hmm. And then we were taken to jail. We spent three days and two nights on concrete. And then we were later released. At that time, I decided to come to United States and to warn you. Because Mm -hmm. here's what I'm... Here's what I'm seeing. We've lost our judicial system. We've lost our media. We've lost our educational uh, system. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are living behind the Iron Iron Curtain. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are living in China. So Americans, if Americans will not pay attention to what is happening in in north uh, of them, Um, you're going to face the same situation. You're going to face the same totalitarian regime. So what I wanted to achieve, I wanted to scare you to death. I wanted to tell my story and to let Americans know, if you're not careful, you're next. They came for me. They came for the Canadians. Now they're going to come for Americans. So I spent four months uh, touring around, and I was supposed to be there only for three weeks, but the reception was so unbelievable, and the story Mm -hmm. resonated with the free Americans. So Mm -hmm. I decided to stay another week, another week, and and it turned out I was there for four months. On the way back, I was arrested upon arrival. The moment I stepped out of the plane on a tarmac, I was mm-hmm. arrested by the customs and then police was waiting like gangsters in a custom uh, building. I faced criminal charges. So what are my charges? Inciting people to come to church, participating in illegal gathering church service, officiating an illegal gathering church service, um, not wearing a muzzle, um, uh, you know, not uh, following the court orders, which are illegal, um, mm-hmm. nonsense like this, a disturbing peace, uh, trespassing. I mean, 
crazy stuff that of course is all made up um mm -hmm. not really a law um but you know again we are being ruled by dictators so whatever right. they say goes fast forward i got arrested again with my brother david because i dared to protest peacefully outside mm -hmm. of minister's house that was hiding from us would not reply to us would not meet with us so we came outside his house peacefully to say mm -hmm. hey we are citizens too we have our rights and we demand a meeting with you we want to meet with someone from the government he sent a helicopter and about 30 police cars on us we were arrested and then they placed more charges on me and my brother david fast forward i have become a quite popular in Canada, there's lots of people that are asking me to run for a political office. We had 15,000 to 20,000 people on the streets of Calgary week after week after week. Mm -hmm. uh, so my last interview, I was asked if I would consider running for a political office. And I said, if enough Canadians would like a person like me to run, I would consider running. And I think that scared the totalitarian uh, dictators uh, so much that when I was invited to uh, participate in a truck convoy, so I was part of that. Mm -hmm. I met the truckers uh, on the way to Ottawa. I was part of the whole movement. And also I was invited to give speeches and conduct church services, uh, prayers before mm -hmm. the people. Um, so I did. I came, I gave my speech, I, I, I offered my prayers, I fed them, I brought food uh, for them to take. I was invited to Milk River. Milk River is 14 kilometers from uh, the Montana border, Montana-Alberta border. Mm -hmm. I gave my uh, church service there, Lord's Supper, uh, RCMP was there. RCMP is like your FBI in Canada. Uh, they monitored me. They knew who I was. I talked to them. They filled me. No problems. We were actually led by RCMP to Kutz. Kutz is the pon uh, point of entry uh, to Montana and from Montana to Alberta. When I arrived there, the roads were open. When I left, the roads were open. I was not advocating for any closure of the roads. I just went there to cheer them up, to mm -hmm. do a service, to do a Lord's Supper, to give a speech. That's what I do. Just encourage people to keep fighting for the rights peacefully. Within my mm -hmm. speech, three times, I was telling them peacefully, no guns, no swords. However, the politicians don't care about the merits. They don't care about our rights and freedoms. Um, they let me out from that place and few days later, I stepped out of my house and I was mm -hmm. arrested by a sting operation between the FBI, the RCMP, Calgary police, detectives, undercover. I mean, it was insane. They were parking undercover cars in front of my house, uh, treating me like I am El Chapo, Al Capone. Yeah. I mean, insanity insanity i was taken to the police interrogated by uh, rcmp officers and then i was shipped to prison i was charged criminally again so i have dozen criminal charges and when i was in prison they piled more charges they um they told um the, the judge that i've breached probation uh, mm -hmm. i'm following orders and if I'm released, actually, they called me extremely dangerous. So um, I was charged with uh, like a terrorism a charge and uh, also with mischief, about 5,000, uh, breach of probation, all kinds of crazy, stupid things, of course, that I didn't commit, but it didn't matter. They wanted me in prison. They wanted me out of the game. They right. didn't wanted me to speak against the totalitarian regime. I was uh, so popular. We had, like I said, 15, 20,000 people every single week. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they thought I have become too popular and I needed to disappear. So they kept me in isolation. Um, I was um, in solitary confinement. They placed me in a metal box like a dog. Uh, where I was suffocating. They placed me in a solitary confinement without water. Um, mm -hmm. they, um, they were inciting inmates to attack me. The guards said uh, to some inmates, which they testified 
after to my lawyer and also also to me they were told by the guards uh, the guards said uh, by a mistake we're going to leave the door open of Pawlowski's cell you know can you do him can you hurt him wow right and that was multiple times and it was it was not for the favor of god and that those boys loved me i mean absolutely i have such sure. a respect in prison i had more respect with criminals, bank robbers, murderers, drug traffickers, you know, overall, uh, uh, not very nice people. I had more respect from them than from so-called law-abiding citizens and the police officers, RCMP and politicians. So that tells you a lot. Yeah. Uh, I was treated like, like a hero. Um, every day they would take me out and I would spend hours on concrete, stripped naked, um, scanners constant intimidation um in isolation i mean mm -hmm. absolute craziness which if you know anything about solitary confinement you know it's considered a torture then they mm -hmm. shipped me to edmonton and they placed me in a maximum pod max pod which is only for the most vicious dangerous murderers that attacked guards or murdered someone uh, in jail so i was placed there after spending already 40 few days in Calgary uh, with the boys there in my unit where we were told by friendly guards that our unit is the most peaceful. I was conducting church services after when they let me out of isolation. I was uh, doing Bible studies. I was changing those boys, hardcore criminals, into Christians. And I think that's what they were afraid of. Because you got to remember, jails are private here. So Calgary Riemann Center is a private organization and they're receiving a lots of money per head, again, money. And every day, three times a day, they're giving us drugs. So um, there is cocaine, there is um, fentanyl, there's all kinds of drugs being given freely to the inmates. And then the inmates are selling drugs to others. So it's a big business going on uh, facilitated by the nurses and the guards in in the jail system i watched that for 50 days every single day two three times a day the nurses would come uh, with drugs i was offered drugs i saw uh, drugs being sold bought you name it and oh i'm talking about hardcore drugs uh so people go nuts over there and then i was taken to max pod and then from max pod they placed me in a mental unit believe it or not they took me to a unit and i knew there's something fishy about this something crazy and i asked the guards where am i because i saw people walking in a circle i saw people jumping up and down so i knew there's something not quite right here and they were laughing i think they 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 thought it was hilarious that the pastor is being placed in a mental institution mm -hmm. in in a Riemann Center in Edmonton, and they said, this is a wild, wild West. You're in a mental uh, ward. So um, I did what I do. I prayed for the people, and soon mm -hmm. I established, established Bible study and church service uh, for those people, and I spent about a week, a week there, and then I was four in the morning transferred back to Calgary, stripped naked again uh, on multiple occasions, constantly being pressured for a week they would not give me glasses so i could not read um, they would not give me bible um, i had to i had to call the lawyers for three weeks they would not allow me to see my lawyers um, so that's yeah. your so-called justice system and when i was being pressured every single day the crown prosecutor i made an offer that they're going to withdraw all the charges but one if i plead guilty uh, I can go home. So that's how they do it. They are depriving you from your human rights mm. to force you to quit, to force you to plead guilty. So you can. So the horror of this physical, mental, you know, psychological, spiritual torture. Mm -hmm. And the pressure was coming from left and right. Um, when I was placed on a maximum um, security. A unit by myself in entire unit because I was considered the most dangerous inmate in the facility. Like mm -hmm. now, I, mean, I, I don't know if we can fully comprehend what I'm saying. It sounds like a science fiction movie, mm -hmm. 
I was considered the most dangerous. And excuse me, why? Because I was preaching the gospel. I I challenged the totalitarian regime. And I've told the politicians that they are they are traitors. They are turncoats. They are um, dictators. And of course, another um, another part of the story is that Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta, with his, with his cabinet ministers, Chandra, the minister of health at that time, that was promoted after this craziness. Um, I think he was a good Nazi. He was promoted to um, to become um, minister of justice. Can you imagine a crook? <laughs> The Minister of Justice, the irony. yeah, Solicitor General. Uh, they, I don't know. You can Google it up if you want. There was a story of Sky Palace um, hypocrisy. So, Premier of Alberta, Minister of Finance, Minister of Environment, and Minister of Health at that time, Chandra Taylor. Um, they had a party. They uh, made the mandates. They made they made the regulations. They've told us that if we have a brother or a sister or a mother or a father in our home for coffee, we will be immediately arrested. I was arrested because of this order. My brother David, we are facing criminal charges. We face trials already. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because of this. Mm -hmm. Right? And they broke the same restrictions. And mm. they were caught red-handed. They were caught. It was a scandal. Um, all over, all over the place. But of course, there's one law for me and one law for D. There's right. application of the law, and there was, of course, no charges against them. There was no penalties, no tickets, sure. or because the law doesn't apply to them anymore. And 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 it is so. Everything you say, I see happening here on maybe not to the level you're quite experiencing, but the concern and a couple things I want for you to share. Because I believe that um, right now, I think good is called evil and evil is called good. And that seems to be a global national issue. And we're watching it play out with you guys up in Canada. And and you're, to me, I, I consider you like a modern day Paul. I mean, when I read Corinthians and he's shipwrecked and he's naked and he's jailed and he's hungry and he's cold, it's just like his list goes on and on and on. I I just think about what you've been through with what you've been dealing with. So. Because you came here, you you warn people in the states. You're sharing your story. What do you have to say? One to the pastors here, you know, in the states and all around the world, and two to just the average person that's like, I'm done. I'm not going to stand for this anymore. Um, you have to have some strong faith to be able to go through what you've gone through, and and come out on the other side, still fighting, still persevering. So one, I'd like for you to speak about your faith a little, but two, what can you say to people that are haven't quite gone to the place you've gone to yet, but I, I feel in my spirit, it's coming and, and how do we stand up under it? So yes, I'd like to hear that. Well, a few things, um, just because I would say this to the sold outs, um, pastors, clergymen and politicians that chose not to stand up and not to fight. You see, they think by keeping their mouth shut, by obeying totalitarian regimes, the Hitlers, the Stalins of today, the Nebuchadnezzars of today are going to uh, leave them alone. Uh, just history is teaching us that that's not going to be the case. Sooner or later, they will come for you. See, they came for me today. Be sure of it. They're going to come for you tomorrow. And that was my message a few years ago when I was the first Canadian to be hammered by this nonsense. I warned them. I said, they came for me. You will see police officers. You're doing this for the totalitarian regime right now. They come for you too. Yeah. You think you're immune? You think just because you have a badge, uh, you are, you know, immune from the tyranny? No, your kids will pay the price. Your loved mm -hmm. ones, your mothers, your fathers, your cousins, your sisters, your brothers, your children eventually will pay the price. If you will not stand up for me, you will be hammered as well uh, tomorrow. So that's the first thing. Second, ultimately, you are betraying. Jesus Christ, like Judas Iscariot. You have sold your inheritance like Ezaf, 
for a bowl of soup for comfort. Well, I mm -hmm. want to eat now or I will die. He said, I need the food. And he was willing to give up what God has given him as a gift. Freedom is a gift. Jesus mm -hmm. Christ died on the cross for our freedom. Do not give that back to a totalitarian regimes and also the uh, there is a, a huge cloud of witnesses of people that pay the price for us to be able to preach the gospel for us to be able to live in a free and a democratic society uh, people died bled um uh, you know went to war and never came back uh, for my rights uh, to be a christian for your rights to be a christian so if you think that God is pleased with you because you kept your door shut, because you're um, forcing people to wear a muzzle like, uh, like dogs, uh, because you will not allow people to come into your church without a passport, uh, a Soviet fascist passport, COVID red passport. I mean, if you're doing that, you're part of the beast system. Because in my Bible, from the beginning to the end, there are people that would not obey evil laws they were considered lawbreakers for example shadrach michigan and abednego yeah. they yep. go to the fire because they refuse to obey the law yep. it was the law that's it the king yep. said it's the law and i'm wondering if those pastors those clergymen today would bow before the golden image just because the governor or the the mayor or whatever the police officer told them so yeah uh, so we got shadrach michigan and abednego and they said oh great king you know, know this, even if God will not rescue us, uh, we're not going to bow before your golden image, period. Mm -hmm. because, because that's against the law of God. So when they told me you cannot feed the poor, I said, well, then your law is against the law of God. And I'm going to listen to the law of God uh, rather than your law. In the chapter four of Book of Acts, there is this famous statement by the apostles. And they said, you be the judges whom we are to obey. You. Yes. Oh, God. In a chapter five, they say a very straightforward statement. We must obey God rather than man. I mean, there is no question about it. If the law of man interferes with the law of God, you have to obey the law of God instead of the law of man. So Amen. another thing I want to tell the, the Christians is that our tendency is to avoid the fire, the pinch, the hardship, if you will. Mm -hmm. But you got to remember the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, fiery furnace, and those that threw them died first. So in the fire, God deals with your enemies. In the fire, God deals with, you, with your bondage. If you know the story, you know when they came out, there was not even a, you know, and nothing, and not right. even. It didn't even smell like smoke. Right, right. Uh, it didn't no. even touch them. Yeah. So God deals with your enemies when you're willing to pay the price. And let me just say this to you. It cost the father his son. It cost the son his own life, his own blood. Do you really think it's not going to cost you anything to be a follower of Christ? While Jesus said they persecuted me, they will persecute you. They hated me, they'll hate you. That's and that right. just a given. If you're living a godly life, the enemy will not like it and will yeah. harm you, will throw you into the fire. So instead of running away from the fire, we should be willing to go to the fire because that's where God deals with our enemies. That's where he deals with our bondage, our afflictions, our problems. That's where we have a testimony. That's where Jesus shows up to purify us, uh, to sanctify yes. us. Yeah. I mean, fire is a purification process god is separating the sheep from the goats the sheep from the wolves also in a fire the whole world is watching mm -hmm. how we behave and in the fire is our promotion so instead of running away from the fire i say to every one of you run towards the fire that's where your answer is as uncomfortable as this might be god shows up in the fire he purifies his gold and his sil silver in the fire. So another thing I would say to, to the people, if you will not stand up now, your children are going to pay the price tomorrow. Yes, if you right. don't want to do it for you, you know, some people are getting older and they look in the mirror and, and they say, well, I don't have much time and, you know, I'm too old and this and that. Well, if you don't want to do it for yourself, I get mm -hmm. that. Do it for your children and your grandchildren. Yes. Do it for the next generation. What kind of a nation are you going to leave behind? It's yeah. up to you. Another thing is people come to me and they say, hey, what can we do? What can we do? There's nothing we can do. I know that's not true. 
History is teaching us that there is more of us than of the villains. Mm -hmm. There is more of us, solidarity movement, civil rights movement, Mahatma mm -hmm. Gandhi style, Martin Luther King Jr. and others mm -hmm. is a proof in a pudding that if we unite, if we will forget about all the 10,000 things that um, I could, you know, bring a division. And if we would just focus on what unites us, the blood, the cross, the name that is above every other name, the God that we serve, if we would unite under the umbrella of freedom, Mm -hmm. We can win this, and we can win this peacefully. Yes. We don't need guns and swords and, and burning stuff. No, non-compliance, mm -hmm. civil disobedience, saying, I refuse to work for tyrants. So if the police officers, now imagine if the police department would say, no, we're not going to arrest law-abiding citizens just because they're protesting. No, mm -hmm. we're not going to do it. It would be over for the tyrants. I mean, that's how quickly it right. would be over if... The muscle, because that's what they are. They're gangsters for the mafia right now, the mm -hmm. so-called police officers. And if they would not have the muscle, their soldiers, the politicians would be powerless because it's just few of them. Right, right. That's power that we have. So if you want your country, you better rise up. You better stand up because I'm telling you, they will not stop. They are like cancer. Cancer yeah. spreads. Cancer eats everything. And cancer yes. never stops. Cancer needs to be cut out. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I feel like Canada, you guys woke us up, the truckers there, everything that's, you know, happened with the truckers. And we've got a people's convoy here. And I know the truckers are still um, aligning with the Canadian truckers, the U.S. truckers. But I believe it is, for me, I'm getting more involved in showing up more on a uh, political level, locally, trying to figure out who are the candidates that are going to go in and do the job and not that aren't bought and paid for, that aren't compromised because our governments, all of, it, it seems nationally, this is such an evil and it's really taken over. Um, I, yeah, I was, when you said there's few of them, I, I, I believe that. I believe there's more of us that want freedom, you know, now they all want us to focus on the Ukrainian-Russian war and Russia bad, Ukrainians good. And see, the truth is the people of these nations, just like you and I, we just all want the same thing. We just want to have the freedom to love God, to love others, and to carry out the mission that that we're here as Christians. We can talk. We're here to, to go make disciples. And that freedom is under attack. That freedom now is what we do as Christians is being called evil. And what's what's evil is being called good. And um, I know better than to to think that somebody with flesh and blood is the enemy. This has got to be more than just um, flesh and blood. This is definitely a, a demonic evil that has infiltrated um, governments around the world, nations around the world, um, using people that don't bow to God as their pawns to inflict these incredible um oppressive measures on the people. So I really appreciate you being kind of a frontline pastor of our time going for it. And it's given me courage. And I believe given a lot of people courage to, to start standing up. And um, I know that there's a lot of people that just thought, well, somebody else, that's always somebody else's problem, or that's, you know, that's what he does, or that's what she does. So uh, real quick, for somebody that's just kind of a little unsure, uh, waking up to this, new to taking a stand, new to just speaking out, um, how would you encourage somebody that's never really stood up for anything before to kind of say, I, you know, how do, how do you help that person that might be a little t intimidated uh, by this whole this? I feel like we're in a, a moment in history where we're drawing lines in the sand and we can't just sit back anymore. We have to start taking a stand. So for those that are a little intimidated, uh, how would you encourage those people to, to take that stand in this hour? Well, in the Bible, it says the wicked flee, uh, though no one is pursuing him, but the righteous are as bold as lions. So we have yeah. to understand, first of all, who our God is. Mm -hmm. Who is your God? I mean, how big is your God? I think that's mm -hmm. the most awful question right now. How big is your God? Is your God bigger than Goliath? You see, David understood who his God was. 
the Israelites and Saul and Jonathan and others, um, you know, they didn't really know who their God is. Mm-hmm. We have to understand our God is the most powerful God. There's only one God, and that's mm-hmm. our God. And he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the creator of heavens and the earth. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. His life itself. Our enemies are in the palm of his hands. You see, my enemies are alive because my puppy, my, my father mm-hmm. allows them to wake up in the morning. So we have to understand who our God is. Also, mm-hmm. we have to understand who we are in God. David knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He was the child of the Most High God, a beloved. David understood that when God gave him victory over the lions and the bears, he's also going to give him victory over this uncircumcised Biden, this uncircumcised <laughs> Hillary Clinton, that witch, yes. uncircumcised mm-hmm. uh, Obama, or whatever Fauci, the Pinocchio, liar, deceiver, manipulator. So we have to understand that we, with God, we are always the majority. So if God is for you, who can stand against you? Greater is he that is in me than the one that is in those wicked, evil traitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, mm-hmm. you got to start small. Um, if you're a little bit intimidated, just speak out, put it on Facebook or put it on YouTube or or advocate. You know, like right now, I'm still a prisoner. Mm-hmm. I have received house arrest. I am not allowed 24 hours a day to leave my house. I am still in prison. So I need people to call if you're intimidated and you, for whatever reason at this moment you cannot pay the price. But you can you can support us. You mm-hmm. can support our lawyers. You can support the fight. I'm still feeding thousands of people even though I cannot leave my house. The ministry is, is going. You can support us. You can make a phone call. You yeah. can call the premier of Alberta and say, listen, <coughs> drop the charges against Pastor Ardo mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. we not do business with you. See, Americans are a power horse. If Montana or Texas or other states would say, we will not do business with Alberta until those charges are dropped. It's mm-hmm. all for the villains. Yes. That's how quickly this could end if yes. people would come together and say, hey, you're acting like Putin, you're criticizing Putin, but you are a little dictator of your own. Right. You're doing the same thing that Putin was doing 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What to happen in 10 years are you going to attack america are you going to attack mexico are you going to attack some other country because now you are more powerful tyrant because you got yeah. experience you see you gotta remember putin didn't start it murdering and attacking other nations he started with the corruption within his own country first he became a dictator of russia first then mm-hmm. he wants to be a dictator of other nations yeah that's how it goes the cancer spread so Go out there and unite yourself. Maybe you're not a spokesperson. Or maybe you're a little bit timid. You don't want to be in front of the cameras. I get that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So support the ones that are called to be in front of the cameras. Mm-hmm. Support those that are leading the charge, but they need you. You see, I cannot do much by myself. Mm-hmm. I can tackle one giant. Let's say I'm David. Yeah, I can fight with, with the giant. But I need the army to go and chase the Philistines. Right. Without the army, you cannot defeat the army of the enemy. You need more people. We need each other desperately. Okay. So anyone, yeah. everyone can do something. Don't kid yourself. Even grabbing a telephone and calling the premier or sending an email mm-hmm. and saying, yeah. off, drop the charges. Or we yeah. will keep annoying you until Jesus comes back. <laughs> yeah. A million people did it that perhaps there is a chance that the charges will be dropped and I can be a free man again. Yeah. So for those that um, are wanting to help you in this battle that you are facing that is is not close to being over, uh, is there a website that I, we can direct people to to help support what you're doing? Yeah, www.streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca, because we are on the streets of feeding the homeless and people can donate over there. I'm contemplating of hiring another set. I, I have a few sets of lawyers uh, fighting the criminal charges. I'm contemplating of hiring another set of uh, civil lawyers that will um, file a lawsuit against the government, against the Riemann Center uh, for mm-hmm. uh, treating me the way they did. So it's a huge fight. We're dealing with extremely powerful and corrupted individuals, uh, what seems... 
um, with unlimited resources. So mm -hmm. we need funds, we need pit bulls, we need lions uh, to keep roaring. This fight is not going to be won by one individual or one organization. We need each other and mm -hmm. we need each other desperately. We don't have time to, uh, to do little skirmishes uh, about our little theological differences. This is not time to do that. This is the time to unite for freedom because this big fish wants to eat you and the same fish wants to eat me. So we better align ourselves together to deal yes. with the big fish. And if it's your hobby to fight afterwards, well, I'll be my guest. I got no time for stuff like this. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and thanks for sharing your story. And I just hope that we can have more uh, people willing to go out and, and fight and, and to stand. Um, and I love what you said, just if, if it overrides what God calls us to do, um, then we need to practice um, what God says more than anything and hold to that truth. And we know that truth sets free. Um, so, you know, prayers for you and, and for all that you all are doing. And um, I've got the I'll make sure I put that in the show notes um, where people can go and check more about what you're doing. So I appreciate you coming on today. God bless you and all that you're doing up in Canada. Thank you Thank very you. much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless.